1: and with great fervor and interest to the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEI, WEI.com, and Odyssey Sports. I'm your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens, joined as always by Andy Jumbo Hart and Chris Shime Time Shime a.k.a. the king of bedtime tortellini. How are we doing today, boys? I actually just had tortellini salad this past <laughs> weekend for uh, Father's Day. We
2: made some around to his house. It was wonderful. Aww.
1: Of course you did. Tortellini salad. I'm not sure if we have enough time before we get into the meat of the matter here, the yep. heart of the pod, but tortellini salad could have a chance to at least maybe not make the medal stand, but at least sort of see them carry out its nation's flag or put on the proper track suit and be invited to the medal ceremony. A torchbearer. Of- Oh, yeah, maybe a torchbearer. Like, it's an, it's definitely walking with pride at the opening ceremonies of foods I wish I ate more often because, damn, they're just so delicious. Especially the way we make it. We make it, it's like a Greek pasta salad, but with tortellini. Like so, a so, mm, so, little know, more your, bang
2: for my buck. Your diced red onion, the Greek <laughs> dressing, little olive oil, some tom- cherry tomatoes. Not going to lie, you sounded a little
1: drunk when you just said a little olive oil, but that was okay. Oh, man, chef's kiss. It was borderline nameth I kind of loved it.
0: Andy, are you a tortellini salad fan? Sure, I don't. I, I can't pretend to have it that often. It's a rarity. Mm-hmm. You occasionally get it at a summer cookout or yep. uh, a buffet. You Ooh, go to like yes. a Brazilian uh, type steakhouse. Buffet, steakhouse, and then they have the buffet with it. A lot of times, you get a tortellini salad on that buffet. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's it's good because it, to me, it's pasta salad like.
2: More, yeah, a little, a little more for you. Yeah, pasta salad, elevated, Yeah, exactly, elevated pasta salad. Huge
1: yeah. fan of pasta salad over this way. Make it all the time. And you know what? Awesome. Because the we best. are doing a Patriots and/or football podcast during this, the final of the three dead periods on the NFL calendar before we get into training camp at the end of July. I will allow momentarily if you guys can do it zip take style. Power rank your top three summertime cookout side dishes.
2: Side dishes, uh, yep. cold pasta salad. Mm-hmm. Uh, cold potato salad. Mmm. And, uh, oh,
1: grilled corn. Hmm. Grilled corn. It's solid yes. pick. Child, like street corn? It... Oh, yes. hell yeah. Yeah, you soak it in water for 30 minutes, throw it on the grill, take it off at the end, get a nice little char on it, and you do a little lime and queso fresco, garlic, salt, pepper. Oh, Not oh, in my top three. Oh.
0: Nah, not in my top three. What do you got? I would agree with your prior to, I think, pasta salad, number one. Yep. Potato salad, number two. Then I would add in a Taco salad Ooh, that is okay. fresh can't have yeah. been sitting too long, but mm. you need to get it right when it comes out because they usually have like Doritos crumbled up in it yeah, or, or tortilla, like tortilla chips. strips. But yeah, once yeah. they start to get soggy, the whole thing is gone. I need 100%. the crunch. So you know, fresh Coach, taco salad. Coach
1: Hart, ne- Coach Hart, they always taught us from an early age: never let your taco salad sit around in the sun too long. <laughs> Jesus,
2: I thought <laughs> no, this <laughs> was a family. I show. mean, what are we uh, doing and, here? Uh, guys, Andy's I'm only jokes. I'm yeah. going to go
1: with the cold. I'm going to go with the cold pasta salad for sure. I'm gonna go number two, slaw because I don't make the standard issue like very mayonnaisey chopped up. Yeah, little I'm out grotesque. on mayonnaisey
2: size. Yeah, no, no, no.
1: I do Sun. a really good Southern style barbecue <laughs> slaw. And number three, old fashioned, ready ruffles and onion dip. Oh. I like that. Yeah.
0: I don't really consider it a side. That's more of a- uh, an
2: appetizer. Appetizer. An order, hors okay. filler right.
0: while like you didn't really have the food ready. Yeah, like your veggie dips. Yeah. Your chips and dips. Yeah. Your Ge- pigs uh, in a
1: blanket. Gentlemen, can I get a redo then? Because if okay. so, uh, I'll go baked
0: beans. Ooh, I like baked, baked beans, beans are but
2: good. I so here's my potato
0: pick. salad and baked beans is a bad combo for Andy. <laughs> <laughs> We're going uh, down a road, <laughs> Andy. You didn't have
1: to say for Andy, you could have just said it's a bad right combo. Like, um, I gotta tell I'll, you, I'll take sleeping alone tonight for $600. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'll take Andy's up at 3 a.m. and reading clips on the internet for an hour
2: outside of meats. I don't really love hot food
0: during the summer. What about? Buffalo chicken dip. Is that acceptable?
2: Oh, uh, no. Because it's would, warm. I would, it's it's on on the I would include that in the apps. Any app dip side. goes in the app. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. I'm, well, glad, we, I hope I'm glad we had this out. Good job. We started uh, with that. Could, I can only imagine what potpourri is going to be. Oh, <laughs>
1: well, uh, consider, again, this is where we are. And also, you know, at this point, we've answered a lot of questions. We'll get to some Patriots-related mailbag questions and topics in the final segment, the Pat's Potpourri today. Uh, but, you know, I just you know, people that listen to this podcast, they might be consuming it as their... Uh, getting ready for a cookout. Fourth of July is on the horizon. Yep. So, hey, we're real people too. And if you have some suggestions you'd like to chime in with, at Six Rings Pod on Twitter and six rings pod, that's a number six, at gmail.com on today's podcast. First, we will get into our latest positional breakdown the safeties, which could be a pivotal position on the Patriots in 2022. In the second segment, all hail Gronk, Yo Soy retired. There he goes, <laughs> the GOAT, greatest of all tight ends. Your memories, your thoughts, and we shall reminisce about the guy who used to smash and dash like no other in Foxborough. And then in the third segment, Pat's Potpourri, the news notes, nuggets, and nonsense around Pat's nation. Gentlemen, we begin segment one. It is time to break down the safeties on the Patriots. And like I just said moments ago, this is a massively important and pivotal position because not only of the turnover at the cornerback position, but because of the way Bill Belichick has kind of sort of maybe tipped and or played his hand a little bit. I reference, of course, the media avail from Jabril Peppers a few months back after he signed, where he said part of the recruiting to the Patriots was, in addition to playing for Bill Belichick, that Bill Belichick told him they would likely have three or more safeties on the field the majority of the season because the Patriots' defense— uh, Andy, would you say it's undergoing a facelift, an evolution, or both at this point, which is what highlights the importance of the safeties this
0: year? Yeah, all of a, the above. And I think the interesting aspect to that comment is three or more. I mean, they've been a three-safety team more often than not over the last couple of years. Yep. But adding the idea that could there be a fourth safety on the field... That therefore, Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips is sort of more in a linebacker role. How does that all play out? Yeah. Or are you using McCordy as more of a corner because you don't have corner depth like that? That grouping of those four guys on the field, uh, I find very interesting. And to pick up where we left off last podcast, for those that are uh, serial listeners as Absolutely. well as cereal eaters, um, I think this could be the best. Position on the football field. Yeah, so
2: I was going to say this is probably my time. number two on the team. If I if I had to rank them, really? this would be my number two. See yeah. this
0: if, if see the the gray area for me is do you consider defensive back or safety the position group? If you're going just safety, to me they blow the running backs out of the water you because think so? the so, young guys are better and have more upside to me. Kyle Duggar. I think is, is going awesome. to be a Pro Bowl caliber breakout player this year. I think he's really good. I think Adrian Phillips, as Steve Belichick said on a, a Green Light Chris, Ho, uh, Chris Long, podcast, Long podcast, is yeah. one of the most underrated players in the National Football League. You had Jabril Peppers, who's a former versatile first round talent. And I think Devin McCourty, playing the role of James White, if we're doing sort of the comp of the two positions, is a better player at this point, and he's just healthy.
2: Yeah, I think I think next year,
0: I think in year
2: or in twenty twenty three, this safeties group will be better than the running backs. I think right at this moment, though, entering twenty two, in my opinion, the running backs are better because I think I think this is the year Kyle Duggar takes a leap.
0: Definitely, but he hasn't mm-hmm. quite done it if yet. If he doesn't. Well, then, none I'm disappointed
1: But he did exactly. show signs of making the leap last year. Yeah, the, the talent is good there. Potential. The talent is oh, all yeah. definitely there. He, big Tackler obviously made a couple of nice interceptions last year as well. Got hurt at the end of year. Was playing with that. Um, looked like he looked like a He-Man character by the end of the year because he was playing with that giant club on his hand. Probably shouldn't have been on the field. Like this and could the, be and a, the ass whooping against Buffalo.
2: This could be a Palomalu-esque yes year for Kyle. That Dugger. would be
0: my comp because I Ooh, I, I think his coverage nice. is yeah. yeah. But he is an absolute missile around the ball and in the, in the box at line of scrimmage. I think he 100% can do agree. everything up there. And then it gets into, I really think the, the critical aspect of the safety group is where wow. we started, the coaching. Yep. I don't know how they decide to employ them or deploy them yeah. is going to be very important, especially in conjunction with corners and linebackers, the guys they kind of work with, being questionable to be nice I'm, I'm probably being kind by calling those two positions questionable they might suck and if they suck how much and how do you lean on the safety position to get the most out of it for your defense
2: yeah my most my, my educated guess on how at least you'll see them start a lot of the season is that you're gonna see just a lot of too high like base too high yep. and it's going to be mm-hmm. McCordy and Peppers or McCordy and Phillips because I think Peppers and Phillips correct cover it, it, deep zone, much better than Kyle Duggar. And oh, then yeah. I think you'll see Kyle Duggar almost as like a, just like a, the Joker, right? Like the the roaming guy. Yep. He could be up in the box. They could look almost like they're playing three high safety and Duggar slides in into that like middle linebacker zone mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I think Duggar is going to be like the ultimate X factor for this defense and because Kyle I think Duggar, he can play in the slot. He eats those smaller guys up because he's so big. He can maul the tight ends, but also he makes tackles, and he's great in the run game. So yeah. I, I just think I think you're going to see a lot of that at least to start the season.
1: I agree with you, Shime, and sorry for stepping on you there. No, but you're good. I just wanted to go back to that comp that you made, Andy, because I had previously said or had fantasized on the idea that Bill Belichick would always be chasing – uh, another, if you will, white whale on the defense. He would love to have his Ed Reed because he obviously coached the greatest quarterback of all time, and then he coached arguably the greatest defensive player of all time when he was with the Giants and Lawrence Taylor. But I like the comp, less Ed Reed, more Palomalu. And this brings me back to something I read a few weeks ago from Bill Cower talking about the greatness of Troy Palomalu. They said he allowed him to, they trusted him so much and that he was allowed to freelance so much that he basically... They didn't even deploy coverages for him. It was a matter of they would let the coverage be dictated by what he saw and decided to do almost either pre-snap or at the snap. So you had to pay attention and like have your eyes trained on where Palomalu was going. Obviously, the defensive lineman had no idea where he was. They were just going to do what they were going to do. But like the rest of the defense was based around what they saw out of Palomalu, the reads he made, and how aggressively he attacked the line of scrimmage or the ball carrier. So if if... If Kyle Duggar is ever given that amount of trust, that would be, A, a massive step forward and, B, a huge win for the defense because that means everyone else kind of has their positions locked up. And like you said, Shime, he would be allowed to be the X-Factor, the tank linebacker, the joker on the
0: defense. And would be remarkable for a young man out of Lenore A 100%. <laughs> if
2: he like,
0: reaches that, like, I think we're probably ahead of the... We're shooting physically, for the stars. Physically... I think he will always be ahead of the mental, just because of his experience Agreed. level, where he came mm-hmm. from, level mm-hmm. of football, and so that that actual like trust him to freelance. Yeah, I don't know if you'll that's ever get a that, few, and it certainly feels like it's a few years down the road. But it'll be much more structured yes. with
2: how he they approach it. But in the in the skill set that Troy Palomalu has physically, yes. I think that's very much what you can aim for.
0: So I think the interesting guy here is well, there's two interesting guys because I think we're all sold on Phillips and Dugger. Good. Yep. Right? They're going 100%. to produce at a high level. Very, very good. Two other guys in that safety room that we're talking about being on the field, playing key roles. One is coming off a torn ACL with a new team in Jabril Peppers. The other mm-hmm. is Devin McCordy. and it's what does he have left? Because I don't – I mean, I personally think he lost a significant step last year. I agree. And I don't yeah. think it's straight line speed. I think it's the change of direction that's mm-hmm. required, lateral speed, quickness, that's required at the safety position. Are you going to be able to lean on both of those guys to play, you know, seventy percent snaps or whatever we're talking about?
2: Yeah, I don't necessarily think so. Like, I think you'll see. I think to start the season, I don't think Jubal Preppers will be starting games right. at least to start. Um, he I, won't I think start he'll, to start. Yeah. Yes. That's a lot of <laughs> starts off, <laughs> off the rip. He False will not be start starting sunshine. games. Uh, and it'll be Devin. I think it'll be Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips, and Kyle Duggar on the field to start game one. Yep. And yep. I think ultimately Devin McCourty is almost exclusively going to be a center field style safety mm-hmm, where yeah. he's going to play up top. He's not going to be in the box at all. He'll be sliding across that upper half of the field, but he will almost exclusively play in that upper third. Okay. And so I think you'll be able to limit him because I think it, ultimately I'm hoping Jabril Peppers is a just a better tackler. Um, and so when you feel that it's a more run scenario – Jubril Peppers will be in the game. Devin McCordy will have his ass on the bench. So
0: you do think there will be times because that is a little bit of an evolution or a change and a, yeah. a humbling or, or whatever you want to say Yeah, but he's for kind McCourty. of on his
2: way out anyways. Certainly. So I think it's going to be almost Hightower-esque last year, right? Hightower only played like, what, 49% of the snaps? Yeah, it might think, have been a little
0: higher, but yeah. I think, think McCordy's probably
2: looking at like 60, 65. Um, and then well, ideally... McCordy,
0: who has generally been... When you do the day with the weekly 100%. snap counts? 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Right. Ooh, he missed one snap. He's at 98%. For him to drop down even to 70%, let's that's say. exactly
1: where I want to see him this year. That would if, be if he a comes a in off. about 70, 75% of the plays in that center field role. And also, Shime, one thing we have to consider about Devin McCourty, his importance this year would be that of one of the returning players that's been there now, decade plus that's going to lend that veteran presence, almost a coach on the field that Bill Belichick can trust. I think a lot of us were wondering if McCordy, obviously Hightower doesn't look like he's coming back, but Slater, James White, these are legacy guys that can help continue to show draft picks, uh, free agent signees, and dudes that have only been there for a year how they get it done there, what Bill likes, and pass on the, the torch of knowledge, if you will, so that this third iteration of Bill Belichick's Patriots are more fundamentally schooled, and how the Patriots do it, even though they're defensively evolving. And I think one of the guys, we've mentioned his name several times, but I think one of the keys to this defense really could be, and I think he was my favorite addition this offseason, draft or free agency, was Peppers. And I'm looking right here at that introductory news conference. He said, quote, playing for Bill, his understanding of the game, what he's done for the game, the moment I had an opportunity to come learn from him, I definitely wanted to jump at it. So, so much for nobody wants to come to Foxborough and no one wants to play with Belichick anymore.
2: Well, I if think defensive guys have always. Yeah, wanted to play I mean, for that,
1: that's actually should, been a common I, quote the last they two should, years. Oh yeah, they, good, they should. But, okay, let's say he's healthy enough to not have to get PUP'd or to be held back early on. What percentage of snaps do you think this guy might play and what kind of impact would you see, Andy, from Peppers in 2022? Oh,
0: I think it can be high. And as, as Scheim is sort of passing of the torch esque, maybe he's not full go early in the year. But sort of a, a crossing of lines of playing time yes. between McCordy and Peppers as, and then the the future of the position could be Peppers, Duggar, Phillips as McCordy you know takes a little bit lesser of a role. I also would like to throw a name in there, Fitzy. I'll I'll toss it your way because I know you're a big uh, big believer in this guy. You've kind of mm-hmm. propped this guy up. Joshua Bledsoe is a yes. young safety that could be in the mix. A, a second year player, year two jump gets comfortable. Certainly uh, has some physical ability, size. Um, I'm not quite as high on him. I'm not sure he's ever going to be a um, starting or even regular type player, but he's a guy that's in the mix. Oh, for sure. He was
1: basically given the old Foxborough redshirt routine last year. He had an injury coming in, and then it was aggravated, so he he was – Uh, they brought him on for a little bit, then he was deactivated again by the end of the season. It's a wrist injury, so hopefully that doesn't linger. As far as what he could add to this defense this year, look, unfortunately, we've seen so many cornerbacks and so many, you know, high to mid round safeties, corners flame out in Foxborough over the past couple decades that many wouldn't be surprised if Joshua Bledsoe just you know became a punchline. Or hey, who was the other? Have there really been that many
2: safeties that flame out though? There's been, uh, there's been. Eugene, a I would call them like, third been, tier safety, yeah, Eugene Wilson
1: types. You know, well, what Eugene, like Wilson, Eugene was Wilson was Wilson a stud. And Eugene then Wilson was, was a John.
2: contributor. Patrick he Chung in two different was stints was a contributor. Chung was not like,
1: great the first time around. Chung no. was great. Teron Harmon, Harmon, another Harmon contributor, was very
2: I feel I feel like Belichick. did credit. Jordan Richards sucked. Okay. Yeah, sucked. Oh, I mean I, I, like that's To, to and Belichick's credit though. House. I think he has a much better hit rate on safety than he does corner. So corner, to, for sure. So to think Joshua Bledsoe could have some a minimal impact this year setting him up for a bigger impact in 2023, I think is very plausible. Can I give yes, you an and interesting and he's, good. An he's inter- good also. See, I don't know he that he's wanna, good. I think I
1: don't he don't might know be a borderline either. special well, okay, teamer. Well, he, okay, yeah. but here's what I here okay, here's what I would like to relay from speaking with Matt Groh last year, giving some insight as to why they drafted him. They love his compete. Obviously, they do probably of everybody they take, but in college, he played corner and safety, and he would often request of his coaches at Missouri if they would put him on the number one receiver. And so that want to be great, that want for the smoke, that no backing down, that lack of fear on the football field is something that Matt Groh said he and Belichick found, fell in love with, and it was that versatility that led them to want to draft him. So I think they give this kid a shot. Now, whether we see him getting spun around like a top, turned around and torched in the preseason or early on, like he was doing his best Joe Juan Williams impersonation, we'll see. But I tend to think that he, because they, t- because of what I heard and what I've watched, I think the kid has a shot at actually making a, not nominal, but decent impact this year. So
2: I won't claim to have a massive knowledge on Joshua Bledsoe's um, repertoire. Repertoire. What- but, Andy, I, you may be able to lend more insight into this. Is he more of a strong safety build or Is he more of the center field free safety type like um, that could eventually theoretically replace Devin McCourty? I would say more center field.
0: Okay. Like, I don't think he's small, and I don't think he's adverse to contact. I think yeah. there is some center field ability. Um, a quick note off the Patriots roster, since we're talking about the safety position, yep. we should note that the only player actually listed on the roster as a safety is Joshua Bledsoe. The rest are corners or defensive backs. So all three, so Duggar,
2: Phillips, and McCordy are all listed as defensive backs? Co-to-the-rect. That's um. weird.
1: Interesting, because I'm looking at Patriots.com, the depth chart right now, and I see strong safety, Kyle Duggar, Jabril Peppers, Joshua Bledsoe, free safety, Devin McCordy,
0: Adrian Phillips, Cody Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, the defensive backs play safety. Yeah, but I'm right. telling you, the and first of all, the Patriots.com depth chart wouldn't Put too much focus on it, Somebody, yeah, it doesn't update it very I, often. I wouldn't have, w- to, we wouldn't have it ready by Andy when he ESPN wakes up at 3 a.m. after too many beans. I know how that sausage team. is made. I've been part of making that <laughs> sausage, and you would not eat that sausage. Um, I'm going by the PR department's official depth chart and player okay. positioning and everything. And they have 17 players listed as defensive backs, some corners, some safety, I mean, some defensive backs, and one of them is Joshua Bledsoe. Safety. We also should include in this discussion, as we wrap it up, Cody Davis is a special teamer, so I'm not going to include him. Yep. Um, yep. Miles Bryant, who played safety mm. last year, has shown position versatility to be a corner slash safety, even though he is undersized, 5'9", 185. I actually think he, if Bledsoe can play, I think Miles Bryant gets pushed out of the safety mix and maybe either to no mix at all or back to the cornerback. And Shime, for, for your information and or
1: benefit, uh, Joshua Bledsoe, six foot. Two hundred pounds. Uh, does anyone know by the way? Two oh one on mine. <laughs> if, like, anyone, no, oh my God, you're so pedantic. It's ridiculous. Uh, does anyone know though if they have replaced the turf? Where Isaiah McKenzie actually burned Miles Bryant <laughs> to the ground last December?
2: Uh, no, actually, I think they uh, sacrificed Miles Bryant to the uh, turf gods because he's oh. not on the ESPN depth oh chart,
1: chart at gosh. all. I at have never felt def- so bad safety. for a player. I, honestly, I have He
0: needed his dad or his mom to come on the field, take his hand, and he just walk, walk him off. away.
1: <laughs> 11 he for 125. It was flamed. awful. And to that was after where he made that like great m- play.
0: Wanted the receiver, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't want like Isaiah McKagan.
1: No, no, it's not. He was jag. honestly just a, he was a jaw-er, just another wide receiver. Yeah, Miles Bryant made that nice play in the December windstorm game uh, or November game, whatever that was, against Buffalo, and that's part of what was just so jaw dropping because the kid showed potential. I don't know what they're going to do with him at this point, Andy. Um, he he could easily be a cut candidate. Maybe he's yes. a, a core yep. special teamer with some flexibility to be thrown in there. But I'm not trusting him to be an impact player in the secondary this season. Gentlemen, as we wrap up this segment, some final thoughts. The importance of the safety position on this evolving Patriots defense and in the supercharged AFC and 2022 fantasy football-friendly NFL offense. We're
0: leaning hard on safeties this year, Andy. Uh, If the safety position underperforms or disappoints, this defense could suck. Yeah, my word here is vital. The
2: safeties are vital to the lifeblood of this Patriots defense. If they are excellent, the defense might actually be pretty good. If they don't, if they aren't, if they're bad, oh, this defense is going to suck.
0: Whoa.
1: Okay, then let's power rank the importance of the the defensive line, the linebackers, or the secondary, just like we did our top three summertime cookout side dishes. Most important, second most important, third most important.
0: Andy? Secondary most important because it's a combination of the corners have to at least be competitive. Yep and the safeties have to be really good in the, the heart of the defense, then I would say defensive line and then linebacker. Yeah, I hate to agree with Andy, but I'm in the exact same spot. Why do you hate to agree, it's fine to agree with Andy? Andy's a very smart guy. He's ahead of the curve. They call him a genius in some places. <laughs> okay. Football dial, guy. Dial it, right, back there, it back there. Dial it boy. back. <laughs> wow. I got a lot of energy heading towards vacation. You really do. You are leaving it all on the
1: field. Senioritis. Just like,
2: just Andy and like the I both have our feet do. up on the table just
0: like ready to uh. rock.
1: And here I am trying to be the one grown up or professional in the room. What has happened to all of us? Excellent start to the podcast today, boys. Once again, we thank you for listening to Six Rings and Football Things. Follow us on the tweet machine at Six Rings Pod. We take questions, inquiries, criticisms, and more. And of course, sixringspod at gmail.com if you would like to correspond with us on the old email machine. It's only a kick, oh,
0: a jump. Yeah
1: Moving on to the next segment of this edition of the Six Rings Pod. There he goes. He soyed Fiesta. Yo soy retired now. And do we believe this is actually it for the greatest of all tight ends, the GOAT-A, if you will. Rob Gronkowski calls it a career a second time around. Obviously, that first retirement, whether you want to believe, that was a long play to get himself uncoupled from the Patriots and land wherever Brady went. Who knows? Who cares at this point? I personally think this is it because Gronk doesn't have anything else to prove. Gronk doesn't need any more football money at this point. Now, whether this is a salary dispute or if he just basically doesn't want to have to play until November when Brady makes the call, like Drew Rosenhaus said, as he doubted Rob's commitment to retirement, who knows? I'm going to try to take it seriously. One of the few things I have ever done so in my life. Uh, Guys, Gronk. Greatest tight end of all time. Are we all? Are we all on board with this? Or are we going to play top three, top five? Because I've seen a lot of tight ends in my day. Um, for the hell with Chris Mad Dog Russo and those ridiculous rankings he put forth the yeah, other day on First Take. My God, he's great talking baseball, but my God, Mad Dog saying that Brady to Gronk was only the fifth greatest QB to tight end. combo. Well, yeah, one in of the his was of Fouts in some other. Kellen w- no no Kellen went Winslow. Fouts to Winslow was amazing. Yeah, do you
2: John want to know Lowe. how many tight end, or how many touchdowns Winslow and Fouts had like 40. You want to know how many Tom Brady and Gronk had? 92. Well, so here's here's here's, here's different here's, time. Fair, but here's what I will say. Uh and you can uh, here's how I will start this at least. Rob Gronkowski is the most dominant offensive player to have ever existed in the NFL.
0: Well, can wow. I take it one step further and there's been something in my um, the recesses. I wrote a column about this the other day. Something sort of that I've thought, because I saw Gronk firsthand. First to end yep. the whole mm-hmm. thing. On the practice field, game field, everything he went through, the highs, the lows of injuries, all of it. And the versatility in terms of blocker versus pass catcher. Unbelievable versatility. That's what, mm-hmm. to me, sets him aside unmatched yep. from the tight end position. But I've always thought like more than that, and... Chris Long on the Green Light podcast that I listen to, and I would urge people to listen. It's a good podcast. They talked to Steve Belichick, said when he got here, he was on the practice field, and he's like, yeah, Brady wowed me. But Gronk wowed me more, and I'm thinking, I know. This is what he said. I'm I know Brady's the goat, but Gronk might be the best football player I've ever seen. And this is a guy who... Seeing football players started in the womb because his dad Mm -hmm. was a football player of a Hall of Fame level. So his whole life he grows up. His brother plays in the league. He's a number three pick or whatever the hell he was. Like great football player around great football players. And he looked at Gronk. Gronk, by the way, not exactly in the prime of his career. Back end Gronk. And said, Mm -hmm. that might be the best football player I've ever seen. That's how I look at it because... The, the comparison I've always gone to when you get into the Brady thing, his accomplishments are beyond compare. You yep. can't mm-hmm. ever compare. But you look at it and say he had to prove he was better than Montana. He had to prove he was better than contemporaries like Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers, right? Remember it was goat versus boat, yep. mm-hmm. best of all time or whatever, the whole stupid thing. Yeah, stupid. But there were guys in the conversation. I personally don't think from Gronk's era, there was a guy in the conversation that played tight end, not an no. oversized receiver out yes. wide catching passes and don't touch me and don't ask. I'm talking about a guy who on one play could block Reggie White, not Reggie White, but you get the point. Reggie White. Could and block on the Joey next, Bosa. And on the next sure. play could embarrass a corner. Yeah. Well, so, Tredavious White. Reggie White, he could go white, Reggie, to white. <laughs> from from white to white. From one white to the other. So uh, Nick said it on the, on the
2: Greg Hill Show the other day. He's like, I, he's like, I practiced against Rob every day. And, he, and Rob kicked my ass on a daily basis. And he goes, I was never a great cover guy, but when it's a bigger, taller tight end, I could at least kind of stick with him. He said, one day, I was right in Gronk's pocket. I was like, I got him. Like, this is Gronk's one you don't bad got day. Him. And <laughs> no, immediately, you Tom throws a ball up that only Rob's going to get, and he just mosses him right in his face, and he could do it to anybody, anybody. Any safety, any linebacker, any corner in the league, Gronk, when he's covered, he's open. Throw him the football. I always remember like that one-handed catch down the middle of the field against, against Denver. Against the Broncos yeah. like, in That's the how right.
0: the F did you catch that catch. Yeah. Brady said how yes. the F did you catch that. And, and even, that was while he was wearing armor. T- right. Which I always love. The guy who threw the ball is like, wait a minute. You're saying how the F did y- – well, then why the F did you, you throw, throw it, it if you didn't <laughs> think he could catch it? <laughs> and,
2: it's, and you watch half of the highlights. The ball is only like half in his fingertips. Oh, yeah. But
0: he's got those massive The low mitts. ones, there's a low throw Pause. at Pittsburgh against the Steelers. He just it. Which, uh. in any sport, you're never supposed to throw it to the big man there. Basketball, don't put it down low. It's don't fine. make it It's going to be Rob, a t- it's fine. with gronk. And I always think that's the one thing that gets overlooked, his hands. He it started with his tremendous great hands. hands. And then you go to the other stuff, and I know um, – Sort of the the negative people will say the injuries, the missed time. I firmly believe if Gronk wanted to play like Shannon Sharp or Tony Gonzalez, he could have played more oh, years absolutely. and been more healthy. But Easily. he played so violently that his body couldn't take it. The physics just didn't work, but it was also part of his greatness watching him play. He's the Earl Campbell type guy where you say, huh, if he didn't do that, maybe, yeah, he would have played longer, but he has got to be who he is and the, the him just going down the field with no care in the world for his body is part of why he was great. So I think that he is, yes, the greatest tight end I ever saw. I don't know about Mike Ditka and some of those old D- I tight care. ends. No, doesn't I, don't, matter. I don't care about Mike So, care.
1: Shime, here's that quick list. And, Andy, a thousand thoughts to follow up on what you just said. So, Mad Dog's list was Fouts to Winslow, number one. United Garbage. to Mackey, number two. Obviously, Mackey was an incredible tight end. They Stabler, named the award after him. <laughs> the John Mackey Award. Stabler to Casper. Literally, I know Ken Stabler, but I Friendly honestly goes. have no idea. Star to Kramer. Come on now. Ken, like, so, here's, here's my issue with Mad
2: Dog's list is he did it just to troll people literally not a single modern-day
0: matchup th- right. on the list. That's, right.
1: you, you got trolled is the name of the show, but first take is more appealing
0: on your <laughs> yeah. DVR. And, mate, and it sure goes not. viral on social media yep. because of it. And, People, they, and they create every a conversation. Every Patriots fan on
1: the planet and freaks out. their
0: bosses hey. are like, well done, boys. Good job. Yep, Good job, tell You're the coming bait back here. next week. No, we're, the we're amazing not taking the bait.
1: Thing, The amazing thing about Gronk is that I sort of always said that he was like a slim down Tony Baselli that had the catch radius of Randy Moss yep. and the speed and the smooth moves of Gonzalez. Like you're not supposed to have a left tackle. It's like, what if they told you Cole Strange could run a four-five and could catch everything that you throw at him? You'd be like, Oh, I already saw that. That's Rob Gronkowski. Six foot eight, two hundred and seventy pounds with that kind of speed the way that he could tackle, the way he could block, the moves that he had. Like you said, Andy, we call, he called it smashing and dashing, the reckless abandon, the fearlessness with which he played. He was one of those guys, and right now, unfortunately, the Patriots seem to be at a dearth of guys like this, which is what makes that second decade of the double dynastic Patriots run so incredible. You got to literally watch the greatest quarterback of all time who was must-watch TV and the greatest gridiron theater you could possibly hope to see, throwing the football to one of the greatest pass catchers, the greatest tight end of all time. That connection was always electric. They were never out of a single game. And I don't even know where or how to rank those Brady to Gronk games that still, when I close my eyes and I think back, like, oh, my God, lucky me that I was able to watch these. Is it ever going to be as good as it ever was? Like, to me, Brady to Gronk was, like, watching Marvel Phase 3, which culminates in Avengers Endgame. At the and time? The pay- yes. It was that Redskins game. Like, oh, that was the game that the, stands out. 2011, were- the Redskins game. Shime 2014, the one against Bro- the Broncos at home. Uh, how about 2017, the aforementioned shoe-top catch when Brady just decides yep. to go down the field in the final three Every minutes. Every time and he torched the Steelers. Gronk, it killed the He destroyed the Steelers. He, he owned the Steelers. the Steelers. In 2010, after they got faced by... Uh, Uh, The Cleveland Browns, they come back on a Sunday night. Tossed him out the club and gets three. Yep, he gets three touchdowns on a Sunday night in basically the Rob Gronkowski coming out party, though he did catch a touchdown in his first pro game against the Bengals in 2010. I'd like to also mention that we talk about Tom Brady throwing for three touchdowns and 505 yards in Super Bowl 52. Definitely one of the greatest swings and misses in the Belichick-Brady era. Brady to Gronk in the second half unstoppable they were absolute Philadelphia had no answers and he was looking for Gronk long uh, when he had James White available for the check down on the play when sadly Brandon Graham goes Shaq Mason blah 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 but just like there's just so many of those incredible plays that yeah he may not just have been the greatest tight end of all time but saying that he's one of the most dominant offensive forces in the history of the league is not hyperbole it's just it's just facts and shout out you you talked about uh Glenn, is it Glenn or Gordy Gronkowski the dad you mentioned him earlier Andy?
0: I didn't but sure.
1: Oh, I thought I thought perhaps you did. Okay. I believe it's you Gord. know the fa- the fam Gordy Gronk right? The family of athletes and you know a couple of the other Gronk brothers get into the league for a little while whatever. Obviously, the whole milk bill uh, in the Gronkowski household growing up must have just broken them at that point. Shout out to Mrs. Gronkowski. She bore five of those people and raised those boys and somehow kept that house intact as it basically was a royal rumble every night. (laughs) Honest to God. What a brand. What a cottage industry. What ridiculous humans and what unbelievable forces they were. But Rob Gronkowski. Just lucky us for having had a chance to watch him. And now that he's retired from Tampa Bay, and I don't have to think of him down there with the rest of our mutant cousins in Tampa while Brady still plays, it's easier
0: for me to fondly remember those dominant nine years in Foxborough. Well, Gronk's my favorite player of all time, and it's not even close. And part of it is, uh, and I know this doesn't matter to a lot of fans or some fans, but the, he's an underrated leader, in my opinion, and yep. hard worker, underrated football IQ, mm-hmm. and very highly rated for the people in the know community person huge he there was Mm -hmm. no one better for the Patriots Charitable Foundation to turn to for a visit or an event or a kid in the hospital than Rob Gronkowski now some would say that's because he was a big kid himself and that's why he connected so well I don't care whatever he gave his time at a level incomparable I'm talking about not just to other Patriots but you know John Cena levels and you talk about all these givers to the uh the Make-A-Wish Foundation and Mm -hmm. things of that nature and the word that I always go back to is just genuine it's a simple word, but he's on the field, the off the field, anywhere, mesh shorts, talking to Robert Kraft or talking to a intern reporter. And he's been that way dude. from day one to now. Yep, and that's why I appreciate him. Didn't change. He did the Gronk life, the Gronk career, the way Gronk wanted to. Yep. And I, I know some Patriots fans will push back. Oh, well, he had to have injury releases with his... Yeah, no, don't know. He did it his way, yep. and I appreciate that. I think he was as genuine and on or off the field player that's ever come through here. So uh, I also, just real quick, I do think we'll see him again. If his agent thinks we'll see him again, I think there's a good chance he gets that call, as you said, Fitzy, from Tom in December mm-hmm. when Mike Evans gets hurt and the Bucks <laughs> need a go-to guy. O.J. Howard gets hurt. Whatever. Whoever it is. And yeah, Gronk's yeah. like, yeah, I feel good. I took the whole year yeah. off. You guys mm-hmm. look like you're headed towards a playoff run. I'll join, join a playoff run. I could, yeah,
1: <laughs> and it'll just be like, you know, uh, Tom made the call, and, you know, yep. it was just, you know, Camille and I were <laughs> chilling, and it was just like, oh, yo, soy <laughs> returning, oh, <laughs> I'm back-o. But it, isn't it funny, like, the one thing I will say is as Brady and – brings Gronk uh, lures him out of retirement. I think we can all remember where we were or what the hell we were thinking that day when we hear like whispers like Karen Garrigian is reporting that Rob Gronkowski is considering coming out of retirement. 30 minutes later, I remember hearing on OMF breaking news, Rob Gronkowski has been traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That felt like such a karate chop right to the hairy goalpost. I was so that I mean, it just it hurt because we already lost Brady and we're all staying at home and we can't do anything. And then on top of it all, Gronk is going back to join him. And it's like, but we didn't want to stop watching you either, Gronk. Like, nope. you were literally a party icon, a living legend, everyone, everyone's favorite other Patriot, probably the second most popular in, uh, in history, maybe the number one selling jersey of all time at the Patriots Pro Shop. He was the definition of, you know, men want to be him, women want to be with him, and now he's going down to join Brady. Like, no wonder, no wonder why so many people were like, well, maybe I will check out when the Tampa games are on TV this fall. That was a, that was a tough tough shot, and if, if Belichick coached him into the ground and it wasn't as fun, Gronk would probably be the first one to tell you, yeah, but again, I'm not the player I am today, and I haven't accomplished as much. Uh, if I didn't play for Bill Belichick, it just it just wore him out a little bit. And I think now, again, like I said, with little time
0: and distance, we can forgive him that save that for another podcast. But I think Gronk would have been just as dominant in all 32 NFL cities. I, you know, I will go I think with he this, would have Andy. made quarterbacks.
1: Let's yeah. wrap it with this. The same way the other day, Manny in the Red Sox booth said you stick Derek Jeter in Kansas City. He's just another ball player. You put Gronk on I any of the that. other 31 I mean, NFL teams. I agree with that, and I, I agree with that take, Andy. Gronk would have been Gronk on any other team, but lucky us to have had him. Yes. For the nine agreed. years we did. All right, guys, another excellent segment here on the old Six Rings Pod. Six Rings at gmail.com if you want to email us. And if you want to get on the sweet tweet machine, that is at Six Rings Pod. One more segment to go. On with the show. Guys, it's time for Andy's favorite, your favorite. Everything goes. This is the unfiltered uh, ball pit at a Chuck E. Cheese, if you will, where everyone hops in and there's a little something for everyone, including boogers. That's right. It's time for Pat's Potpourri, or as Andy calls it, Pat's Potpourri. Pat's Potpourri. Pat's Potpourri, baby. And, and I would just like to lead off with real quick, quick, fresh take, a little zip take, if you will, boys. I don't know if you heard, because the Internet went ablaze on Wednesday. Pat the Patriot, the red throwbacks, are back. Nice job by the Patriots' PR team. Love the content that they whipped up with the DeLorean, uh, getting Slater, Don, David Andrews, and my guy Kendrick Bourne involved in the shoot. Everyone's wanted them back for years. They last wore them in the 2010 season. I think the last time they wore them was the Randy Moss return game when the Patriots won at home in Foxborough in 2010. So they haven't been on the show. I mean, you could probably find one, but we haven't seen them on the field in 12 years. Overdue. Everyone loves them, Of course, they're a nod and throwback to when the Patriots mostly sucked. So my question is, are you guys as excited? And Andy, if the Patriots wear these, uh, do we have to watch the games on tube TVs uh, via antennas that we have to jerry wrangle on top of them? And you actually have to
0: go to New Hampshire and watch from there to get (laughs) out. Because they're black because they're blacked out and out of this viewing area. No, I love them. I'm always intrigued, though. I think they have become so romanticized. They have. Uh, I don't think Why? people loved them at the time, and I don't know that's because what you said, Fitzy, they associated the logo with losing or bad seasons, which in some ways, compared to now, did they lose a lot? Sure. But they were one of the dominant teams in the NFL in the late 70s. They Correct. went to the Super Bowl in 85. Then they went to the Super Bowl in like 10 years in later. 94. It's like... It was the three-year shit show leading up
1: hey, to, hey, hey. it's not right, every now well, and then, no, So Here's, here's
2: what I would say, too.
1: The as Rod Rustin McPherson years.
2: As a younger fan who didn't grow up with any of that and, and has only seen the throwback jerseys and uniforms in the like the like that, what, 08, 09, mm-hmm. 10 era, yep. uh, I got to tell you, I don't give a rat's behind about Pat Patriot.
0: I just want those red jerseys. See, that's what those I like. things Fresh, are fresh. Clean. which is why I've never understood why they don't have an alternate red. A it should third just be I I don't
2: understand why they didn't just make a white helmet with the flying Elvis and then the red mm-hmm. jersey. What about just
0: a red jersey? Just a red jersey in your with rotation with the silver helmet. Yeah, that works like, too. I don't. I'm I, not a. I'm not I a don't designer. Think that would have worked as well.
2: It may not have, but like, I don't understand why you couldn't have
1: done a white helmet with the flying Elvis and the red jersey. Single use lid rules are so ridiculous, and now they've obviously changed them, which is what
0: allows. There was few things dumber than CTE rules, and then we got them with COVID, and we've learned retroactively that both had really stupid rules in the Mm -hmm. present that they didn't understand, and there was little to no science behind them, and all that crap. All right, let's
1: not go down that hole right now. Why not? I like that
0: hole. Hey. Um, but, yes, They're no, different. I love the red. Love, love the it. red. Mm-hmm. Lo- and I like the Pat Patriot, but I've mm-hmm. always felt like he is the backup quarterback. Everybody <laughs> likes him, and then, but then if you put him in full-time, you're like, huh, starting to see why he was the backup quarterback. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of that well, going on. a redesign. But that's why it's a perfect world where we get yeah. some of both.
1: Yep. Uh, guys, I noticed this. This just happened to come across the old feed last night. Real quick, just wanted to get a take on it. This came from at Jordan Football. Uh, uh, somebody put up just one of those like, all right, we got nothing else to talk about, so let's just do a ranking and start a conversation, thanks. It said, Tom Brady is the GOAT, but who in your mind is the second best quarterback of all time? In this guy's little pyramid of quarterback greatness, Brady on the top of the pyramid all by himself. Tier 2, Manning, Montana, Breeze, and Rodgers. Stupid. Yep. Okay. Already in tier three, Elway, Graham, Marino, Unitas, Favre, yes, and Young. How did it? Okay. How is Elway so low?
2: Like I don't know. To me, well, because everybody just overlooks him now. Everybody right. just forgets right. how good Elway
1: was. So he well, went to the he thanked Super Bowl himself at a press conference, which didn't. Did he go like
0: three or four years? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then he won at the back bunch. end. Yeah. And I'm sorry if we're basing it on any physical tools. Mm-hmm. Elway's near the top of the list if not the agree. top of the list. He could run. He was he was Josh Allen. Yeah. He was Josh Allen, Josh Allen a long time ago. Right. Yep. Probably with a stronger arm. You remember all those stories about how right. if you didn't catch it with your hands it would hit your chest and then it you'd hurt. have the cross of the football. Yeah. But well, Brett your Favre chest. also
1: like dislocated more fingers than uh he threw touchdowns. But he
0: career. wasn't dedicated to winning. You could say he underachieved. Like and Brett Favre was also a wild man with his throws. <laughs> yeah, like the Mike Holmes Elway was a wild done? man. Did you get that out of your system now? Can we play football? now? Are you done?
2: John Elway was like an actual just amazing thrower right. of the football. I think to be honest with you, I think there's a clear number two, and it's relatively easy for me. I think Peyton Manning Thank is the second you.
1: greatest quarterback of all time. So I do don't we. think it's relatively c- close in What's my. Opinion. But you know, but people in Patriots Nation don't want to hear that. Like, what are you talking about? Brady got the best of Brady and Brady until Manning. 2007, which of Peyton course Peyton was, was the, the greatest great. quarterback to have ever lived. Well, which of course was the greatest win. rivalry. Winning's I part think of was- quarterback? The Brady went eleven and did. six overall against in, Bob Sanders Brady Manning, but I and with the Broncos, lucky us for the Brady Manning. Everybody else made it more. <laughs> uh, Shime, I'm with you a hundred percent, and I would probably put Montana three. I'd put Elway four. I don't know who I'd put at five if I had to go with a top five. But I agree. The way see Brady's the greatest of all time, but uh, hot take alert. I think Peyton Manning is the one who probably changed the game more because I don't think we had ever seen anybody make more line of scrimmage audibles and the pre-snap reads. Like the way everybody quarterbacks now – You can thank Peyton Manning. If you want to say twenty years from now, then Patrick Mahomes did something with the wild freestyling moving around like JK, the lead singer from Jamiriquai, or Josh Allen like maybe you'll talk about that. It could be Aaron Rodgers as well. But right now, to me, the biggest innovations at the quarterback position over the last twenty five years came from Peyton Manning. And yeah, okay, he what didn't have the same refuse to lose that Joe Montana the perfection of Montana, the refuse to lose greatness of Brady. But it's hard to disagree with the fact that Peyton Manning was just effing awesome. He was, but he was a cracker. He cracked under pressure at times. I don't like Rich crackers. Or
2: it's that's fair. And I mean, I, that's, why, that's why it's all subjective, right? You can yes. have your
0: list and I'll have mine. Yeah. But, but they're all in the conversation. The conversation. Yep. And I, I like. I, I think my list is very similar to yours. I would just have Manning on the lower side of it with Montana, Elway, Brady. Can I tell you the dumbest thing on this list?
1: So, I read you guys the first three tiers. I know. The dumbest thing you
2: already gave us was Drew Brees (laughs) being in that second tier. Uh, most overrated quarterback in NFL history.
1: Perhaps perhaps so. No, but wait. There's more. Act now, and in tier four, you'll get Bart Starr, Troy Aikman, Ben Roethlisberger, Staubach, Tarkenton. These are all legends, by the way, and multiple Super Bowl winners. Russell Wilson and Eli Manning.
2: He won twice. That's the only reason they put him And he beat
0: the the guy at the top of the list twice to do the Winning. winning. Yeah. Like, I do I believe t- if he won twice, but beat like Rex Grossman and Matt Hasselbeck, yeah, nobody would. Care. No one would care. But no, he beat Brady twice. That buffed him up. The flip side of that is, by the way, my anti Manning argument for Peyton: if Tom Brady didn't exist, it might have been a slam dunk Peyton Manning.
2: Oh, it would have been a slam. Yeah, dunk dunk Brady Manning.
0: didn't come along to ruin all his fun.
2: Yeah, like I mean, it's just when you think about it, like there would have been that no, no, what was it? The three tie law interception game. Yeah, there would the have whole been. Thing. Yeah, there would have been no 2015
1: uh, AFC Championship game. There Willie would have been McGinnis making the tackle in 2003 when they should have won the game at home. Brady yep. beating them in the Battle of the Unbeatens in 2007. Like just a couple. He wouldn't of have things had to overcome
2: that deficit in 2006 mm-hmm. uh, in the AFC oh, Championship yeah. game. Uh, was it 21? But to three? that actually
1: helped him. Uh, I think. Yeah, there was that a, a... Big time.
0: But then, but then he also went on to beat Rex Grossman. So yes. Uh, so oh. I have one Fitzy. Hit me. I'm gonna give you three names and I want you to give me their odds of being fired this year. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, okay. Bill Belichick. Uh, Chris Scheim. No.
1: <laughs> Andy Hart. Ouch. Bill Belichick. I, I just got, I just got a hired like
2: six months ago.
0: <laughs> Bill <laughs> Belichick, Lovey Smith, Todd Bowles. Mm. Who's most likely to get fired? I would probably put it in the order Todd Bowles,
1: Bill Belichick, Lovey Smith.
0: Trick question. You were set up like an MFR. According to the odds from our friends over at betonline.ag, Bill Belichick, Lovey Smith, and Todd Bowles are all in the middle of the pack to be the first NFL coach fired at 50-1 to odds. And I say middle of the pack because there is a good chunk of at least 10 guys behind them that are less likely to be fired than Bill Belichick.
1: Well, I mean, when you say trick question, I'm just telling you between those three, if I had to rank those three
2: in order. The point mm -hmm. is, is that... They're not going to. Belichick fired. isn't. Yeah, no, no, no.
0: The point is, no, the point is they could is in the be. middle. Bowles they could do could something to get, get fired. Canned. He could piss Brady off and be out tomorrow. Bill Belichick is not being fired in the middle of the season unless there is some, I mean, hellacious mm-hmm. scandal of. No. Like, we've never seen. that. Some scandal where Dan Snyder goes, oh, shoot, he's in oh trouble. <laughs> I mean, and I just, I find that alarming that he's 50 to 1, whereas. Sean McVay, Sean McDermott, Josh McDaniels, and Josh McDaniels is a hundred to one, and Belichick's fifty to one. I, I just, I'm sorry, this list I think is stupid because they also have Cliff Kingsbury and Mike Vrabel both at twelve to one. And I said oh. to Shime off air, if Mike Vrabel gets fired, that might be the only way I'd fire Bill Belichick because I'd hire Mike Vrabel so I'd have him for the next <laughs> the, fifteen uh, the years. The immediate <laughs>
1: successor, yes. yes. Now, Cliff Kingsbury is. A, can we all be honest, guys? Great voice, handsome AF terrible football
0: and living by a thread of his all-white pants yeah i don't think he's terrible i just don't think he's
2: that good either
1: he's not good he's like his quarterback they're great at the beginning of the season then they stink overrated they are similar clap clap clap. hey i just read this on twitter i'm not sure exactly how breaking Uh this will be tomorrow um uh revs head coach and sports director bruce arena uh told a different radio station in town gillette stadium will recommit to grass once the World Cup comes to Foxborough in 2026. By the way, shout out Gillette Stadium. Nobody had a better World last Cup? week than, than Gillette Stadium. Gillette Stadium securing the rights to one of the great football games, great times, great traditions in all American Ooh, Army sports. Army Navy, that's right. The 2023 Army Navy game. I had a chance to cover the tailgate a couple times for CBS Sports. It shime. It's so emotional. The spirit, the camaraderie, the patriotism. Uh, the fun that these guys all have, push-ups. just paying tribute to each other, oh, just tons of push-ups, jokes about the Air Force. It's a great time. And then the World Cup coming, like, I cannot freaking wait. And I will be there. I will use every available means. I will pull every string possible to make sure I can take my little ones to go see a World Cup game in person, especially. by
2: myself. I, that, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to take a I will be there.
1: I, oh, yeah. Andy, come on. you got to go see a World Cup match. What are you Do talking have about? To? Yeah, yes, like a bucket list. It's your thing? homework. Yes. yes, it is. Okay, fine. Shine. I'll t- If I get a four pack, it'll be you, me, and the kids. Let's hey, what go. About me? I'm there. No, I got FOMO. No, no. No, I got FOMO. Fifty. You don't have to worry about me. I'll get
2: Emperor Hill to get me a ticket. It's
1: fine. FOMO. Yeah, but then you have to drive him, and then you have to tell everyone he how won't want to go. No whatever Seltzer, he <laughs> he'll be, too, bi- at he'll the be time. too busy
2: at Moo or
1: Davio's having <laughs> dinner. So yeah, the, where you or, or Lincoln pretending he's not hitting on someone?
0: Where you started with this though, um, that's been yeah. in the rumblings for a while. That even yeah. Belichick would like to go back to grass. All that, the
1: players, yeah. Uh, well, the
0: players I know the players all
1: yeah. want it. They can't. It, uh, they don't it? have De- a say. Sadly, Dietrich <laughs> Wise told me he can't stand it. They all want to go back to it.
0: Funny thing is, they couldn't stand. The, the grass before, Richard Seymour used to bitch about the sand that he used to have to pass rush on because it was so bad. And do you remember the game? Do you remember
1: the game that led them to tear up the grass and switch to turf? Uh, it was right before a Bears game, wasn't it? Was it was the loss. Yes, good job, Andy. It was the loss in the mud to Eric Mangini's New York Jets when Doug Gabriel fumbled a pass going down the sidelines, costing the Patriots the game. It was an absolute blank show out there all day long. And then next time they have a home game, that, of course, was the brady juking Urlacher game on Thanksgiving weekend 2006.
0: Goodbye,
1: grass, and hello, field turf.
0: That's good, though. That's actually a a growing sentiment in a lot of sports, which is going to be problematic for all these youth fields that have gone to field turf and all these high schools. But certainly I would be all for it, the one downside. That I look for as me being the youth sports guy. Does that mean no Super Bowls at Gillette Stadium for Mm -hmm. the high schools? Because Mm -hmm. playing whatever it is, eight, nine games in a single day could be uh, be could be hellacious to the the new grass.
1: Yeah. Uh, Last quick topic before we punch it, Chewy, and we call it a pod. Uh, Rob Ninkovich, who has been mentioned a few many times on this podcast. Hopefully he'll join us one day here on Six Rings Pod. Ninko, a guest of Gush, the Greg Hill show recently. And he said, are you ready for this? Ready. The New England Patriots, he has them at a 12-5 and record. They are a 12-win team this year, which sails three-and-a-half dubs over the Vegas line of eight-and-a-half. Vegas has the Patriots as a pure 500 team, which is difficult to do when you play an uneven schedule or an odd number of games. Do you guys believe Rob Ninkovich needs an intervention, or do you think there's any chance in the world the Patriots can actually win twelve games this season? Sexual chocolate. Andy. Here's uh hold on. I will That's I will Andy.
2: answer for Andy real quick. Yeah. Uh here's my response to that answer. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Give me the fifty fake laugh all day.
0: Twelve wins is stupid. Yeah, I I'm with him. I would answer the exact same I just <laughs> I don't see how it happens. Well, like,
2: uh, like I understand. I I understand. Well, they I scored more much...
1: points than the other team twelve times. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Fitz. I don't see how that happens.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, I gotta I gotta say, Mutts So we uh, on my other podcast here, BetQL Boston. You can find it wherever you find your podcast. Not to plug it, but we had Mutt's sons on uh, every Friday. We do uh, Mutz, the little Mutts football thoughts. Uh, they're not going to be like around it. tomorrow, so we had him on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, his youngest son, Bennett. Said the Patriots uh, are going to go over eight and a half because they're going to score more points, and I said that's better analysis Nailed than it. half the st- uh, half the hosts at the station.
0: Yes, in the entire
2: oh, and ten, and ten percent. <laughs> that includes so, you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! No, wow. you're part of the show. Wow. So, so I understand I'm on the lower end for the Patriots, but mm. like I I can realistic like in a world there I think there is in a world. world where they could win ten or eleven games, but I think twelve is just. That is.
0: So does that world involve, like, Josh Allen tears his ACL in August. Uh, Devontae Adams decides, you know what, I'm going to pull an A-B and never play for the Raiders despite the trade. All
2: I think mm -hmm. it is is
0: Josh Allen gets hurt. Tyreek Hill goes, you know, AWOL.
2: Uh, No, I think it's Josh Allen gets hurt and Devontae Parker is like an all-pro receiver. That's all yeah, you need. Yeah, Devonte
0: Parker. Wait a minute! Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Then and, it's not as far no, away as you're and, making it sound. And your cornerbacks are really good, oh, man. which is might have to another a and Get the cold shower. Yeah, cold he's more positive Ooh. than he thinks. If all it's going to take is a Josh Allen injury, which I don't could see happen, that happening. Wait, no one sees that happening. Yeah, okay, but or, it can happen. Yeah. If it all,
1: happen, uh, and then Devontae no Parker. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition.
0: All pro. I said all pro, not Pro Bowl. But he's looked all good, pro. and he once had a 1,200 yard season. Once. Yeah, you know, once, but if he gets to, if he can do it once, he can do it again. But again,
2: if if he's an all pro receiver, that means he played seventeen games, and he probably has
0: like fifteen hundred yards. Yeah,
2: but if that's only two things. Oh my
0: word. Well, and that I said the cornerbacks unreal. have to be good. Well, you added that when I mocked you. <laughs> yeah,
2: That's true too. <laughs> but like the more I think I about it, you other into that.
1: Do. <laughs> okay. Fair. Thank you. That's how it happens. Uh I think basic I think we can all do well let's do this real quick. Uh best case, worst case for the Patriots this year as far as records go. I have them best case scenario probably eleven and six, worst case 5-12, uh, and 12, but I'm leaning. But I said earlier, I think they're probably going to be a 9-10 win team. Maybe don't make the playoffs, but I think they'll be a scrappy out in all their contests this year. Shine, what do you got?
0: Uh, I'll talk for Shine since he talked Sorry. to me earlier. All all right. Right. Fitzy, the text message. Fitzy um, this is a problem for you. I agree 100%. I think the absolute upside yeah. is like <laughs> right around 11 wins. Like everything goes great for them. And I think the downside is the 5-6 or six win range. And I think that's a very good objective analysis. I don't know why you're spewing it. You're supposed to be the super fan who stays positive. Fred Kirsch would say, best case scenario, Fred Kirsch, my former boss at Patriots.com, for those uh, six-ring listeners who don't Hi, know. Fred. Fred Kirsch would say, best case scenario, 15-2. Mm, and two. Worst mm. case scenario, they don't get a couple breaks, 11-6. and six. <laughs> That's how <laughs> it's done, Fitzy.
2: Yeah, I, uh, my personal opinion, I am sitting in the 5-7 to seven range. I think that is where they will... Will live, uh, I think. Wait, best and worst are in the five to seven range. No, 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 no. I just think that's my general. I think worst case scenario, you're four and thirteen or whatever it is. I think best case scenario, you're ten and six again or ten and seven. Okay, so you're okay. you're
1: not that
0: so far all from kinda, us. Yeah, no, I'm not high that mind far. On this one.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: All right, all right, guys. You know what? We can agree to disagree most of the time, but I think we can all agree: Hey, it's time to end the show, and Thank b, you. Put a bullet <laughs> it's nice for it. us all to be Send in the home. same in the same spot. All right, we're over in this show. <laughs> had one thing in common. They're over, and we put them down <laughs> in the served a bullet. Nice job, Ouch. everybody at Shime Time, at Jumbo Heart, and at Fitzy Gfy. Of course, the podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. So much more. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Podbean, Poddoodle, uh, son of Jarell, kneel before pod wherever you get your podcasts, and so much more. We appreciate you. Andy is on vacation for the next couple of weeks, so everyone take a Peace. big Bye, deep Andy.
0: breath. So everybody take the Bye. next couple and- weeks off.
1: Uh, okay, no, we will soldier on. It'll be me and Shime and a series of special guests over the next couple of weeks. It'll be a good time. Enjoy your vacation, Andy. Time off. Well deserved and earned. Thanks for listening, everybody, once again to Six Rings and Football Things. We will talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. Hell no.